If you like this podcast, check out Studio Red's amazing lineup of podcasts at StudioRedMedia.com. Welcome to QT with RT. I'm Ryan. I'm Todd. Today we're talking about puppets. Hello, puppet. Hello. Uh, Rainbow Connections. We are not talking about... uh, (laughs) Muppets. Pirates of the Caribbean. Nor are we talking about (laughs) when a leader is a puppeteer to the followers. Instead, we are talking about real puppets. No metaphors. The real things. Yeah. So I got the opportunity to work on a puppet show over the last couple weeks, which is why our podcast have been what they are, mm-hmm. absent. Yes, for a month. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. I know you guys missed us. Really, you were like, thank God <laughs> we get a break from these guys. Uh, so, yeah, so I worked on a puppet show, and I thought it would be interesting to not only tell you about it, because I haven't had a chance to talk to you, but also all of our friends out there in yeah. podcast land. All the people listening probably thought when you said you, that you were talking to them. So when you just said, and also all the people out in the podcast land, they all felt betrayed in that moment. They did. I'm like, sorry, guys. I thought I was me. They were talking. He was talking about me. Todd. The T in QT. That's right. With RT. <laughs> so um, so do you want to ask me questions and I answer them, or do you sure. just want me to talk? Because I feel like you asking questions would be more right. interesting. So was it a show or a movie? So it was a show, a kid's show. Okay. Uh, and they- Episodic? Uh, no. It is going to be more like um, uh, Coco Melon to where it's like it's going to be on YouTube. That's the Baby Shark, okay. the people who made Baby Shark. If you had- if I'm a full-grown man that has no children. Yeah, if you're around your nieces and nephews more, the little ones, you would know who Coco Melon is. Well, you wouldn't know it's Coco pass. Melon, but you would know the Baby Shark videos. I don't want to be around my nieces. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Kyle? Don't no, bring they're, them they're around They're into like, uh, Wakanda, like Black Panther. Well, they're probably older than, yeah. this is like two-year-old okay. level, you know, where like people who like Thomas the Tank Engine, Elmo, Coco Melon. Uh, so anyways, yeah, it's going to be a website where all the shows and episodes are going to be, there might be an app that parents can have on their phone and most importantly, a YouTube channel to where they can give their kid their phone, pull Mm -hmm. up the YouTube channel, hand it to them, and it'll just play through all the wonder more like little clips, scripts. They might as well be handing the kids the will because, you know, it's going to be the death of us all. That's right. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, no, it's fascinating how much like a two-year-old who doesn't know how to talk somehow can pull up their favorite video and rewind it. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, So, anyways, yeah, so uh, my sister has a three-year-old and he loves the Coco Melon uh, baby shark thing. And I sat there and watched it with him for 20 minutes one day when he, like, she brought him home for the, you know, she had brought him home from his babysitter or whatever. And uh, so me and him ate a snack and we watched Coco Melon together. And so, anyways, because of that, I was like, oh, yeah, I know what you guys are trying to do. That totally makes sense. That's totally where parents' minds are at. Parents nowadays are our generation. Yeah. So we grew up with YouTube in college and high school. So handing our kid a YouTube channel yeah. totally works. And now yeah. that YouTube Kids has a thing, you don't even have to worry about them all of a sudden. Then you know yeah. it's switching over to some music video. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so okay. So as uh, a show, um, what was kind of a normal day like on set? 
It's a good question. And and uh, as far as we're not doing episodes, but we did a hundred segments. Oh wow! So there's a hundred clips. And so like how long each segment? Oh, uh, like so well, scripts wise, it was the each on average it was about like a page and a half to two pages. So yeah, probably like a minute and a half yeah. to two minute videos. Yeah. Some of them will be like four or five. Um, it just kind of depends on yeah. how they cut them together. So you would knock out probably like ten or so per day. Uh, segments. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, we did about. It just kind of depends. Some of them were like really simple yeah. and all like took place on the same area of the set. So we could just run through one after the other. Yeah. Um, like one of the things they did was like a sing along thing to where the kids can like sing along. And that's mm-hmm. what Baby Shark is yeah, and yeah. all the Coco Melon stuff. Um, so with those, like we did like 10 of them in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. You want to have yeah, we, a whole bunch. We ran through them really quickly. And then other ones that were involved bringing in new puppets, new puppeteers, maybe changing the set a little bit. You know, those ones we might do one every hour, mm. you know, so it, it averaged from like the smallest amount. We would have done like 10 to 12 a day to on the highest end. We might have done like 25. Okay. Interesting. All right. So what did a they... typical day? Yeah. Typical day. Yeah. So I was the assistant director, mm-hmm. which is not a role that I normally play. Uh, I, you know, I'm usually on the camera side or the actual director or a producer, um, I hadn't actually, I think I've only assistant directed a couple short films for like Brian or, or Justin. Right. And so for those familiar, not familiar with AD, what do ADs do? Well, so, and this role specifically was probably the best example of it compared to what mm-hmm. I've done in the past. Um, the job of the assistant director is to, uh, a couple of different things. One is like manage the kind of sort of oversee the production yeah. throughout the day to make sure you're on schedule, that you're on time, um, and to also make sure that you're, like, whatever needs to happen is happening. Um, another big part of it is sort of being the liaison between all the different departments. So the camera department, the lighting department, you know, the camera lights, the art department, the makeup and hair, the actors, the director, you know, and going back and forth and making sure that, like, everybody knows what's coming up next so they can prepare, make sure that, like, each person's considerations are included, mm. you know? So if art department needs time to change something, but the lights need to know what's there before they can light it, you know, making sure that, you know, the camera lights know that that's happening. So that way they don't start lighting something that's going to change. Yeah. So kind of being almost like the nervous system between all the body. Yeah. Um, and then the, another big part of obviously where the assistant director part comes is um, being the liaison between the director and the production. Yeah. Um, not as much with the talent, but somewhat with the talent too, but definitely with the crew. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's always an uh, interesting thing as a lot of people, when they think of director, they think of the director running everything where in reality, especially on set director is focusing on the performances. Yep. He's focusing sometimes depending on what directors, like what the DP is doing, kind of yep. the shots and all that stuff. But everything else, the AD kind of is control of. Yep. Yeah, and I, and this the director I was working with had worked 20 years um, at like Sesame Street and Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network and stuff like that. And so because of that, he he had a very uh, union, he, he very much stayed in his role, yeah. his lane of yeah, like yeah. director. Like he operated like director's, would have throughout the years yeah. where you and I and probably a lot of people listening have come up in almost a newer generation of filmmaking where the 5D and little mini DV cameras were the thing. And so 
it's almost like a whole different breed of yeah. what directing looks like because a it's lot, a free for all. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of free for all. And it kind of depends on the director. And a lot of those people actually probably shot their own films back in the day and then yeah. eventually got to the point where other people were shooting them. So they're very involved with the camera or they maybe acted in stuff and now they've become a director. You know, that we've all kind of come from the independent route where we didn't like immediately jump into being a director. Yeah. Um, to where then there was a certain job we were supposed to do. So because of that, uh, exactly what you're saying, his main thing that he did was he worked with the puppeteers. He worked with the showrunner who like helped write a lot of the scripts. So the showrunner and him sat right next to each other the whole time. And so they would discuss the scripts and any changes that they wanted. He would work with the puppeteers. And there was two live actors that weren't puppeteers mm-hmm. that were in it as well. Kind of like Sesame Street where they'd yeah. have a human and, and you know, Ernie. Um, and then... Uh, he would he would sign off and approve on what the production he- the department heads were doing. So he would work with the DP or the art director mainly, um, production designer, and say, "I like that. I don't like it." Yeah. But as far as actually conveying the logistical instructions of mm-hmm. what needed to happen, that was my job. Yeah. So it's like he would. For the mo- and he almost didn't even want to know. I I would try to like update <laughs> him on like, "Hey, the camera needs," blah, blah, and he's like, he's like. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just take care of it. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And it Especially was, on a role like this, it's probably more of like just a nine to five time, like, let's just get out. Well, and it, well, it was really more just like, he. it wasn't even that, because, I mean, he definitely cared. He showed up early right. and would be on set by himself to like kind of sort of be there and, you know, kind of get in his mojo before we started. And he'd be one of the last people to leave. So, I mean, he, and it was his idea. He yeah. came and pitched the idea to oh, okay. the group. So, I mean, it's, he was very much committed to the show, but, um, but it was more like, you're in charge of that. I'm not. So I don't need to know yeah. how long something's going to take. Yeah. And you're in charge of the schedule. So if we get behind schedule, that's your fault, not mine. Yeah, nice. You know? So it was like, it was really like, it, whatever it takes, it takes. Yeah. I don't care. Very professional. Don't even tell me. Yeah. You know, like once, once you need me, I'm here. But when I'm not. Needed. I'm just gonna sit here and do my thing. Yeah, uh, only all of us had that mindset in life. <laughs> so it was. I mean, it was it, that part was actually pretty nice. Um, you know, that kind of like him staying in that lane. Yeah. And then by him staying in that lane, it forced me to do my job, which yeah. is great. You know, I mean, I wanted to do my job. Um, but yeah, so I would then go to the DP and say, okay, we're moving to this setup, and I would talk to the puppet, rank, uh, the puppet captain. The puppeteer puppet captain. Puppet wrangler. Yeah. That, well, they do have puppet wranglers. That's why I almost said that. So uh, we'll have to talk about yeah, the different yeah. puppet roles. But I talked to the puppet captain who is like in charge of all the puppeteers <laughs> and the whole like puppet department. And he would say, well, if the shot is them behind this stump, the stump needs to be like risen this high. I just wish he had a Kermit the Frog voice. <laughs> well, I think, uh, you know, if we do this, <laughs> even though it's a little face. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, one of the other ones is like, you know. Yeah. Come here. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he would say, like, what they need to perform. Yeah. And then I would talk to the art department and the and the DP and I would, you know, production DP and say, all right, this is what we need to do. This is what you guys need to do. How much time do you need? They would lie to me and say it would only take 30 <laughs> minutes and it would take two hours. Uh, <laughs> it's just a, a pool Way. of lies yeah, everywhere yeah. around me, everywhere yeah. I go. The makeup artist was the worst. I mean, she was she was a good makeup artist, but she was the worst at lying to me. I'd be like, how much more time do you need? And she'd be like, uh, 10 minutes, an hour would go by. And I'd be like, walk back there. And I'm like, you still not done? 
And uh, and she'd be like, I just need 10 more minutes. I was like, yeah, right. That's what you said last time. Yeah. Um, so she- well, Who's she doing makeup for? Uh, the live actors. Holy cow. Yeah. So, but they were like decked out with like fancy uh, okay. like costumes okay. and like I almost think of like- Very elaborate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and you know, to look very like whimsical and fun, you okay. know, like- So it wasn't like- one of like them a... had like white hair. Yeah, it wasn't- Like had a wig and that was like white hair with like pigtails and okay. then like this like- pink jumper suit. And so it wasn't a Mr. Rogers Nate when he's in his like no. land and it's just a no. normal person. Yeah. 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 They were supposed to feel like they were like made sense to be uh, with okay. the puppets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they still look like humans, but they were very much like dolled up. Okay. You know, more so than like normal people. Was it like a fantasy kingdom or like what was Well, that? so the place is called Wondermore. The okay. land is called Wondermore and it's, yeah, I mean, it's like, um, they had, uh, from the lighting side, they had remote heads to where they could, you know, almost like uh, almost like a live stage production or a, like a live concert. So yeah. they had like all these heads that they could control. And they actually had, at one point, they discussed where they were like, their rationale for, you know, that there was three suns on the Wondermore planet. Mm-hmm. And so there was all these different like sun textures and like colors that those suns would create on the, on the stage. Um, so, I mean, it's like they kind of made up this whole little like world. Yeah. You know. Yeah, like it would not just be a wasteland of yeah. <laughs> dust yeah. because it burned alive. By <laughs> yeah, the all these suns. three suns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, the one there's a planet that also exists in imaginary land like that, and uh, all I'm gonna say is uh, it's a rough place. It's not soft <laughs> like stuff in Naboo. It's harsh and cold. Sand everywhere. There's another one where you only get a quarter portion. It's <laughs> <laughs> also horrible. That's where you dump your kids before you go see your dad who kills you. So, um, yeah, so a, a typical day, we would start, we started, call time was at seven. It would take about two hours for people to get ready, unfortunately. Uh, and then we would just start shooting. We, I broke up. So another part of the AD is making the schedule. It's yeah. a big part of the AD's job. And so I went through all the scripts, read through all of them figured out where they were taking place on the set. Um, the set was kind of similar to our studio as far mm-hmm. as the space goes. Um, but for people who have never seen our studio, uh, it was like probably like a 40 by 40 like foot kind of space. And they had like a this little old timey like um, cart, like a little like tinker type cart set up. They had like this like a uh, little awning type area. Uh, with a with a chair underneath it, they had a couple different stumps, and then they had these like hedges that went around the whole thing, and then okay. they had all these big, um, like overgrown flowers that were like almost like full body size. Like they had these, uh, um, what's the things that you blow on? Dandelions. Dandelions. Yeah, yeah. They had like huge dandelions, but they were like the size of a human. Um, Three sons will do that to you. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it was kind of like that sort of like, you know, the- Oh, the pl- Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, yeah. kind of, yeah. Very colorful, like bright colors. Yeah. Um, it was a cool set, actually. So, because of that, though, then there was like different parts that the director wanted to like do the script, the different scripts at. And so, I broke them all down to where we worked from, you know, we we would shoot out basically one area. So, that way, we never had to come back and yeah, rewrite smart. it. Yeah, Um. So, uh, we started- uh, with the main, with one of the human talent, the or like on-screen talent, human talent, she was reading children's books. Mm. Uh, and then she had these two daisies that were like in the corners of the couches that were like supposed to be like stuck on the couch, and they would then talk to her as she was reading. Um, and then we did some stuff with them talking, and then we like moved around from there to like 
different parts of the set and finished them. And I tried to schedule it to where the hardest stuff was like kind of in the middle of the shoot. So that way we kind of ramped up to it, had a bunch of hard stuff. And then from there on yeah, down, it became, it, yeah. Yeah, it became easier. Um, and we ended up a day ahead of schedule, which then moved somebody that they were planning on doing. They're going to bring a musician from Nashville to sing some children's songs all by herself because nobody else was supposed to be there. It was supposed to be after we wrapped. It was just going to be her and just like the DP and just a small little crew. Well, then they decided, well, we're a day early. Why don't we put the musician with all the puppets, ah. which then made the last day the hardest day because <laughs> we have live music yeah. and like four puppets yeah. and uh, and a lot and a singer, you know, and somebody, you know, it's so like something oh. that people don't put into consideration is an idea can be a logistical nightmare. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was definitely so. Yeah. So, yeah, we would shoot, you know, usually about three or four things before lunch. And we'd break for lunch, and then we would shoot five or six things in the afternoon, and then break for the day. Wow! So that's pretty good. Pretty good little like uh, deal. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was a good. Like it was a decent. Like for what we shot and accomplished. Like I think that was a nice thing too, with it being like short little sequences and bits. Um, you know, you feel really creative. Like yeah. once you like finish, even though I had. I in my role, I had no creative contribution right. whatsoever. I yeah. was like. Purely a logistics guy, yeah, and and communicating logistics, but um, but it was still like you felt good. You're like, man, I just, we just made ten videos, yeah, in one day, yeah, you know, um, and we shot multi camera. We shot three cameras, so um, the director Moore was just looking for a take that he liked, and then he would multi cam edit it in post. So it was even like that element too, where I was like, man, this is almost like this would be so easy to edit, yeah. And I'm not saying that whoever's editing it has an easy job, but Compared yeah, to you are. compared to a movie where yeah. you have to like oh well we like part of scene one or take one and then we want part of take six and then part of take you know well yeah you have to for a movie you have to like edit for the emotional impact of whatever is happening whereas like the the multi cam you can kind of what's what's working yeah 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 it was more like a broadcast yeah sitcom show yeah which is how Sesame Street and all these things have have you know run. Yeah, yeah, they're not cutting to a close-up of, like, Elma doing an emotional scene where it's slowly panning back as we reveal his, as he's opening up his emotional side, we're also seeing physically it expanding, but it's more like, Z! Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that's what a typical day looks like. Okay, that's good. So, uh, how, from a scale of 1 to 10 of D.Va, were the Muppet people. <laughs> were the you Muppet know, the people. surprising thing about the puppeteers is actually they were all incredibly nice. So um, That's surprising to you? Well, being the talent. Uh-huh. You know, not that I would assume puppeteers would be mean by any means, but... Um, now, were they from, like, Atlanta, or are uh, they, like, special Julia Art puppeteers? Well, so, yeah, that's the thing. Because the director has had a ton of experience in doing this kind of stuff, um, two of the puppeteers... No, three of the puppeteers, maybe even four... Three of them had worked with uh, Henson. Henson. Yeah. Um, two of them currently work with Henson. Did they do the Dark Crystal, the uh, Netflix show? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to ask. That's, I mean, that's like the most yeah. recent. Yeah, uh, they probably maybe. Yeah. I know some of them like it worked on Sesame Street, okay. like current, like the ones on HBO. Um, yes. One of the older guys, one of the older puppeteers, he actually worked with Henson when Henson was still alive. Wow. Um, and he worked on uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, the live action one. He controlled uh, Splinter's tail. <gasps> uh, he was a puppeteer for Splinter. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, he uh, puppeteered. Uh, with Did the... you say Cowabunga, dude? I should have. <laughs> uh, he puppeteered a lot with um, 
the Muppet stuff. I was gonna say, do you do Muppets Treasure Island? He did or, uh... Muppets in Space. <gasps> I yeah. love that one. Um, he's he's puppeteered Animal, which is yeah. like one of my favorite Muppets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, after Jim Henson died, he actually had he has puppeteered Kermit. I thought you were going to say he puppeteered the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, but so Jim Henson puppeteered Kermit and was the voice yeah. for Kermit, which I didn't actually know that. Um, I'm sure a lot of people did, but for those of you who didn't, there you go. Um, didn't think that. And that was like his, that's not his voice, but that was his voice making the voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't talk like Kermit that <laughs> I know of. Uh, but um, anyway, so he, yeah, he did a bunch of stuff with Jim Henson, which I was like, dude, that's so cool. That's like essentially as close to like someone working with Walt Disney. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then these other two guys who've worked with the Henson company, like Jim Henson had passed away before they started working with them, but they've done a ton of stuff. One of them had worked on cranky anchors. Um, uh, other ones had worked on other like, um, uh, cartoon networks series and stuff. Um, what are some of the other big puppet stuff that's happened recently? And another one of the puppeteers, she had just gotten done traveling around with the guy from community doing the mystery science theater tour okay um and she was like you know the you know what i'm talking about is that the jonah ray um the new one on netflix no Mystery science theater uh what's the um uh, what's the guy from community that's like the main guy in community oh uh joel McHale. yeah so he did like a mystery science theater like live show oh interesting and they had the people puppeteering the two puppets oh. and then there was a person that was in between um you know just like in the original show um, so she was on that. She also had puppeteered for a, like a big Geico campaign where it was like the Geico puppet. Yep. Um, one of the other guys that actually puppeteered the Geico gecko, which I didn't realize that they puppeteered him. Yeah. I thought he was animated. Maybe they do the thing where they have a puppeteer on yeah, set maybe. and then they animate. Yeah. Or maybe they animate it to, pu- I don't know. Maybe he puppeteers. An animated thing, so because um, uh, the um, the Golden Compass, it's it's a different name. It's on uh, HBO. Yeah. Uh, that's what they do for the animals now. Is that they have puppeteers come and like do all the movements and everything, and then they uh, digitize it. Yeah, and it's like the most like realistic way that looking. The actors can interact with it. Yeah, yeah, it's like real puppeteers. So yeah, so yeah, they so um, yeah, a lot of the. A lot of the people had done some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that, I mean, for the fact that they've worked on big shows and yeah. movies and been, uh, one of the other guys had been on that um, dinosaur sh- show on TGIF back oh, in the yeah. day. The Dinosaurs, I think is what it's called. Like, I'm the baby. Gotta yeah, love yeah. me. I freaking hated that show, but I didn't tell him that. Do you know how that very last episode happened? No, I just saw It's the extinction of all. Oh, really? They literally, it's like snowing outside, and they're like, are we going to be okay? Goes, oh, jeez. I don't know, baby. That's And it's dark. like slowly pans yeah. out, and it's like, oh, it's uh, they're dead. They're all dying. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> he uh, helped puppeteer the grandma dinosaur in that. Okay. <laughs> um, so anyways, it was, but I mean, it was cool to be like, dude, that you've like puppeteered some huge stuff. Yeah. You know? Um, one thing that was interesting is like he said that, um, it was pretty much just like a regular routine that, um, they would, it'd be like, Hey, this, this puppet's not working. Let's shoot this one in this scene instead. You know, like, Hey, Splinter's not working. So why don't we get Leonardo? Wow. Or Hey, the face of Raphael's not working. So why don't we shoot Donatello, you know, next. So they would just keep like moving them around as then people were working on the puppets to get them working again and then they'd bring hilarious. them back over. So that's why like I, I kind of feel like that's maybe like if you're watching like a 
Jim Henson movie or something like a Muppet. It'd be like a random Muppet or something. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what's happening there? Yeah. I wonder if that must have been the guy. That's yeah. interesting. Huh. So, um, and especially some of the more complicated puppets like those dinosaur show yeah. where like there, there's so much stuff going on. Um, so yeah, but they were really nice for the fact that they like, you know, have these huge credits yeah. and here they're working on this small little kind of like indie kind of project. Um, so yeah, they were, they were all really great to work with. Really, really nice people. And it was amazing to watch them work. I mean, I think that was probably the most fascinating part was there. It's definitely one of those jobs where the better you are, the easier you make it look mm-hmm. on like on screen. Yeah. But then when you watch the person underneath and like what they're doing, you're like, holy crap. You know, like the way that, you know, because I would see these puppets just like sitting on these little, they had these little like stands that they would put them on. So that way they didn't get dirty or, you know, yeah. messed up or anything. Um, cause each, each puppet's worth multiple thousands of dollars. So yeah. it's like you, there actually are puppet wranglers, like you were talking about <laughs> making a joke about earlier where there's two people and their whole job was to like, basically like be makeup and hair for puppets Jeez. and like one of the puppets, like it's arm ripped. And so like they sewed it back in, you know, they would change out their wardrobe if they needed to, or they would, so they would like tack things to their hands if they needed to hold something in the scene or whatever. Um, or pull something, you know, because like two of them had the ability to where the puppeteers could put their hands in them and like actually operate the hands themselves. Uh-huh. And then the other two were more like Kermit or the Muppets where their hands are on rods. Yeah, yeah. And so if, you know, if they're holding a teacup, it's because the Wrangler has made it to where they're holding the teacup. But um, they would just be sitting, the puppets would just be sitting on these little stands the whole time where two hours of lighting is just sitting over doing nothing. Right. Or we'd put it on a C stand so that DP could light them and they'd just be lifeless. And then the puppeteers would come down and we would set them up. And all of a sudden this little puppet came to life yeah. and it was like amazing. Yeah. I mean, it really, it was like, Oh my gosh, even though it was like live and I could see the person under them, it was like all of a sudden it was Kermit, yeah. you know, or something that yeah. was like, that, that thing is like, yeah. I think that'd be like traumatizing if I, saw Kermit just lifeless, you <laughs> yeah. know, and misfigging like everyone's yeah. just, it's this weird, because we've never seen them lifeless. Yeah. We've always seen them alive. We've always seen them yeah. acting. So yeah, to see them just be like, yeah, I'd be like. And like every, yeah. a couple times I stood in for light, as you've, you know, you know that people have to do all the time. Somebody has to stand in. Like if the makeup and hair wasn't ready, they, I would have them, I would stand in. And so then the puppeteers, the funny thing about puppeteers is that like once they have them on their hand, then they start talking to everybody. Yeah. As the puppet. Yeah, it's just like second nature to them. Yeah, yeah. And also probably just for them to like continue to like get into the character in a way, you know, almost like, you know, just like some of the actors in Hollywood like stay in character in lunch, you know, or they stay in their wardrobe or whatever. Hey, treat me as I'm Aragorn the rest of the day, you know? Um, And so I would be standing there and all of a sudden the puppet would start like talking (laughs) to me, you know? And at one point she's like, oh, and she like laid it like head on my shoulder. And I was like, this is weird, but also feels like I'm talking to a real thing. That's one thing with puppets is that they're way too flirty for me. uh, Whenever I've seen someone play as a puppet, like that, they just love to be like really flirty. (laughs) The One of the guys, the guy that had worked on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and stuff, he was the best at... um, all of them are like really good improvers. Yeah. Uh, just I think just part of being a puppet is having to like uh, learn. You're that a nerdy kid. Skid. You don't have any friends. Yeah, and well, and so be, <laughs> having that improv skill though of like them being able to like just play off of each other was amazing. Um, and so, uh, but anytime after or before we were rolling, he would just do these little bits, you know, <laughs> where 
where he would pretend that one time he was like pretending that he was like uh, a news anchor, you know, and like doing traffic control. And he did like a completely different voice, you know, and he was like narrating like what was happening on set, you know, and like, okay, Gary needs five more minutes, folks. All right, now we're going to go live over here, you know, but it's in the puppet, you know, and it's just. It was, they, they definitely like made yeah, where, it Yeah, where an actor's an actor did, you're like, hey, uh, yeah. but a puppet did it, and you're like, this is delightful. Uh, yeah. Just do this all day. I love this. Yeah. You know? Now, there was definitely times where I was like, I wish I could have a show of all the stuff that they're doing. <laughs> I would watch that show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the one of them like doing little kid type stuff and learning how to share a ball, you know, it's like, that's great. But I'm like, I want the like funny stuff yeah. between these people. So Yeah, I think it's, it's hard because I think that was, pretty much the concept for that Muppets ABC show where it was, you know, like found, like oh, yeah, it was yeah. Modern Family, but Muppets and yeah. stuff and this show. And I don't think it just, it just didn't come off yeah. as well. Well, so. and I think some of that stuff, um, you know, what's fascinating, you know, is that um, getting a little bit away from the show, but um, uh, there's not, I was talking to him and I was like, is there enough puppet work for you guys to stay busy like all year long? And they're like, no. Oh no, there's not enough puppet work. Oh yeah, they're like, no, we all have other jobs, and yeah. so it's like I think these people like love puppetry, but yep. uh, they were the director was telling me that Sesame Street is now a million dollars an episode because of unions and like all the writers are part of like SAG. That's probably why it's with HBO. Yeah, and so it's like you know at a million dollars an episode, you know, and I don't know about Jim Henson stuff, and I mean, and I I am like still extremely ignorant when it comes to like yeah. the puppet world. Um, which there definitely is. That was probably the other interesting thing that there's like, there's this whole world where all these people kind of know each other. And it's like this very small little social group of like people in the puppet business. They're like magicians. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Take us seriously. <laughs> but um, I bet probably a lot of it is like the cost of a lot of these productions have come so high yeah. that a show like the Muppets like can't be successful unless it's a huge hit. Yeah. And it's so hard to be a huge hit of anything. Yeah. You know, let alone, you know, something that's more niche like puppets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the crazy thing is the numbers come out and it's like, I only had 6 million viewers. Right. And it's like, yeah. So it's like, if you took that essential crew and you gave them, allow them to have the money from that 6 million, put the show on YouTube or some streaming service. And, you know, if you, if you create the, the structure to be more fair, yeah, you know, and have it to where instead of shooting, 12 hours a day for two months you shoot all year long and everybody has a normal life you know and maybe you don't shoot it in new york city shoot it in rome georgia or somewhere else you know you could probably make it work for six million views yeah you know but it's you know when it when it becomes a bloated budget that's when it makes it harder so uh, yeah, I mean that was always the interesting thing. Remember when like Mitt Romney got in hot water because they were like, "How would you like cut public fund, you know, spending?" Oh, right, and stuff? right. And he's like, "I would get rid of Sesame Street," and everyone like lost their money. Yeah. And then when Obama became president, he they got rid of Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah. HBO bought it, you know, and so uh, yeah, I mean it's that's a thing when you yeah. see million dollars in episode. Holy cow! Yeah. Like, and the and the director that had worked on. Sesame Street, he was saying almost like that's not how it was when I was there. Mm. You know, it was Mr. Rogers where it was all like very cheap and yeah, low budget and yeah. not this huge thing that it's turned into, you know, which I'm not criticizing us spending money yeah. on children. I mean, educating children is yeah. great. I mean, like we heard today and on a story of filming, uh, you know, a mom from that had grown up in Vietnam learned English with her kids by watching Sesame Street together. So yeah. it's like, that's a great. Sesame Street's great. I, I'm yeah. all for us spending a million dollars if that's what it takes. But as far as some of 
these ideas of new ideas and new pilots related to puppet stuff, it's like you kind of need a cheaper budget. The funniest thing uh, that I've ever heard from Sesame Street is this recently they did an article where they're like, Sesame Street to uh, show the first ever homeless Muppet. And it was like, everyone's like, we're not going to talk about Grouch. Yeah, <laughs> like, Oscar. Oscar yeah. Grouch. Like, yeah, he, he lives, lives in a trash can. I'm pretty yeah. sure he's homeless. It's yeah. like, so funny. It's like, he's our first homeless. Yeah, even the fact that he, like, was grouchy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was the grouchy homeless person who yelled at you when yeah, you yeah. walked by. It's a the, little bit of a New York stereotype. Dave Chappelle, the Dave Chappelle. Oscar, why are you such a grouch? Because I live in a trash can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, no. All right, so uh, the Muppets tears are all very nice, and then you had a pretty uh, good day. Um, what are some takeaways after working with puppets? Uh, well, one thing that would be a takeaway was, um, oh, well, uh, is that it's easier than it looks. Yeah. Not, not, I'm, I'm not saying that like it's the puppeteering part is actually really hard. Yeah. The production side yeah. of like setting up yeah. per shot and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well. I actually shoot the, the, yeah, the, the, the DP, the normal part of filming something. Yeah. Not including the actual work that the puppeteers do is a lot easier than what I thought it would be. Yeah. Um like a lot of times it was just a matter of like r- building the pop pro- the the building the set so it can be propped up. Yeah. So it's like none of it was like tied down into the ground. Yeah. And so like where where the hedge was for instance, we filmed stuff over by the hedge and when it came time to film by the hedge, we just had these huge apple boxes that were like probably like four times larger than a normal apple box. Yeah. Um and so they were like apple Boxes, <laughs> yeah, apple, apple crates. crates, yeah, yeah. And so we would stack two of those on top of each other and just raise that set piece up, and then that gave the puppeteers enough space to where they could sit on an apple box and put their arm up, and they would be out of the shot. So it was just like a matter of like raising the set, and then boom, there you go. The puppeteers are just underneath. They're just, you know, and you just raise the cameras, and and you're good to go. Interesting, you know. And so it was like that was kind of like the most, and because now, granted, you can have puppets walk all over i've actually watched an episode of sesame street after doing this just because i was curious to see like if i could tell how they were doing stuff after after doing this one and you definitely can have puppets come in and out and like in enter and exit frame and walk and stuff i mean that's the classic kermit thing of him running across the screen shaking his hands like you're talking about but for the most part you don't really want the puppeteers to have to move around a bunch because it's like it's hard for them to waddle yeah, and be squatting down or like waddle across on their knees or whatever. So a lot of times them walking into frame is just like putting their arm as far away from their body as they can and then bringing it over to their head and then walking to the, yeah. the other direction as far as they can. And you just cut and cut and people never realize that the person never even moved under, you know, where they were sitting. I mean, that's why like Oscar Grouch is probably the best Muppet, you know? Yeah, because he just, just comes straight up. up. Down. Yeah, yeah. So it was just, and there's things that you can get away with with puppets. Like a lot of times, because we didn't have a huge set where they could enter and exit as easily, um, a lot of times they would just pop into frame and then pop out. And it's like, that's believable because it's a puppet. Yeah. Cartoony. Uh, Yeah, it's cartoony. And it works because it's like, it's already cartoony. It's it's obviously not a human, you know? So it's like, we, we are already having to suspend our disbelief. So we're fine with puppets being able to do whatever they want. Um, and, it's, and then it becomes funny, you yeah. know, and kind of like a comical, you know, sort of like a physical gag. So, you know, that I think was pretty fascinating to see. Uh, do, you, 
do you remember which one was it? It was like the Muppets Take Manhattan or something. It was the one with Miss Piggy and Kermit were riding bikes. And yeah. You could actually see them. Yeah. And they had to like build like a whole like electronic. Because I mean, you yeah. see them. It's an actual. Yeah. yeah I don't know how they built it. Um, and it'd be interesting to learn. I know a lot of the stuff nowadays, they'll do green screen yeah. or they'll do like they'll wear green suits. Yeah. And then the, the rods will be green. And so there'll be people actually like running it and yeah. then they're masking them out. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they weren't doing that at that point uh, because that movie is rather relatively old. The 80s. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there was a whole show that Jacob worked on, Moon and Me, mm-hmm. where a lot of those same puppeteers that worked on that actually worked on this. And they were talking about what they had to do. And that was all green screen and, and everything was keyed out and comped out, and which would just take an enormous amount of time. Um. The other thing that was pretty interesting, again, was watching how the puppeteers work just because of growing up watching Muppets and stuff. Um, so they wear a mic over, they wear a headband, and then they insert the mic to where it like hangs down kind of like in front of their face. Um, and that's how they then like mic themselves. A lot of times the person puppeteering is the actual voice of the puppet. Interesting. Uh, which I, I mean, I would assume that would be the case, but I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but then that way then they're the one controlling the mouse, so that way they can... You know, as they talk, they can do the mouth. Um, And then almost always do they have a second person helping them. So, like, they're controlling the the head and the mouth, and then usually one of the other arms, and then there's somebody next to them or sitting, like, directly behind them with their almost, like, arm around them, almost giving them, like, a a backwards hug, you know, uh, who then has their arm, their hand controlling the other hand of the puppet wow and so that was really cool watching them at one point there was one of the puppets we had that uh it required four puppeteers to work it and they had all these moves it would like dance around and flip and it would you know it would it would kick its toe like on the ground and look down and hold its hands and it's little (laughs) it was an elephant so its little nose would move and its eyes would open and close (laughs) and they would do all of this stuff like perfectly in sync with each other and that was really impressive. Did they too. like rehearse it beforehand? Or? They would rehearse it to some degree, but that's again where I'm saying I think they're just like really good at improv yeah. and like reading off each other in the moment. And I think that's just something they have to learn how to do. Yeah. Because of the fact that like even controlling one puppet, you know, it's like you have to make sure the hand you're controlling matches what the yeah. other person's do, hand do is. Do they doing. have a monitor like they're able to see? Yeah. So then that's the other thing that was interesting is um they all have monitors and we had, I mean, I kept constantly asking the like camera guy, Hey, do you have another monitor? And do you have another monitor? Yeah. Do you have another? And I was like, I'm just going to get all the monitors you guys have in this entire building basically on our set. Um, but I mean, at some points there would be like when we had all four puppets, all the wranglers would be helping. So we would have six puppeteers working the puppets. And if we could have had two more, they probably would have taken them Wow! to where they would have had eight people then hiding down behind this Jeez. stump or something like that. So they're all sitting like super close to each other. Great for Corona. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but all of them that weren't talking would, would were wearing a mask. Um, and then, yeah, then they have monitors set up for all of them. And then they actually take their scripts and they like basically cut them or, or, or fold them over to where just their lines are showing and they'll highlight them and then they'll tape them to the monitor. Okay. And so then as they're puppeteering, they're not looking at the puppet at all. They're looking at the monitor and then their script is right next to it. So they don't memorize their lines, which yeah. I thought was interesting. Yeah. And not that they need to. Because um, uh, once again, they're the way all puppets and stuff, they're not acting. You know, they really are like more being like explosive characters 
but just reading lines. Like if yeah. you listen to like how Alma does it, he's Alma. You know, right, right. he's not doing an yeah. emotional yeah. moment. Uh, and and if they do have an emotional moment, I mean, there was definitely times where like I mean, what they were, yeah, yeah, what they were creating the puppet to do was still very impressive. There was a a puppet. There was a one of the voices. Uh, she was a newer puppeteer and didn't have as much experience as the other ones and was still kind of learning. And so in the pre-production and like, and read-throughs that we had the week before, um, she was trying to learn with the other ones mm. and they set up a camera and a monitor for them to all like practice and you, and watching them. Cause it was almost like one of those things where, like I said, they make it look easy. And so you're like, well, I could do that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then I watched this lady who had taken like some classes and stuff, but hadn't had 20 years working for Sesame street. You know, she then puppet with, and it's like immediately you could be like, that puppet looks real. And that puppet looks like it's a human wow. controlling it, you know? Wow. And, and they ended up actually bringing in a different puppeteer to run her puppet because like, it just didn't look good. Yeah. Um, and, and I think a lot of it was like, there's little, um, moments that humans make that make them look real. Mm-hmm. You know, the nodding of the head or looking down for a second or twisting your twisting your head while somebody's talking or little movements, right? Just little things, you know, as opposed to just standing there stiff. Yeah. You know, standing there stiff is what makes it not look real. Yeah. The little movements and nods and these little slight subtle details. Yeah. That the, the like, organism. Yeah, that and, the, the, like, and the yeah. pros, especially the ones that had like the most experience, we're like so good at it. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Um, so I think as much as, yeah, they they aren't humans that are acting in the same way because they can't express, they can't express the same facial features. Yeah. You know, they can't smile and have wrinkles. Yeah. You know, they can't, they can't even really smile. Yeah. They're, you know, they, there's certain things they can't do because their face isn't made of a ton of muscles. Um, there's still a lot that they're watching and doing that I'm sure at this point has just become subconscious yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever watched like uh, when Kermit and Frog would be like on like a random guest appearance on something? The way like he's like listening, maybe yeah. like rubs his nose. And, yeah, ah, you know, yeah. like he he does verbal cues. Yeah. He does physical cues. You might be looking at someone next to him. Or, yeah, uh, yeah. It's or like, look over at the audience yeah. for a second, even though he's not ta- trying to talk exactly. to them. Exactly, it's living in the moment and. and yeah. Like the actors, the Muppeteers, yeah. they they are professional, yeah. so they know that as soon as they are hands are in that 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 creature is alive. That's yeah. who they are, and that's what was always fun before yeah. and after we rolled. Is that like I said, they would if they wanted to change something, they would speak to the director through the puppet, mm-hmm. and the puppet would talk as they were talking to the yeah. director. You know, and it would be their thing like, hey, I think I might need another Apple box over here. Do you think you could get? them another apple box and they would like look down at themselves <laughs> you know my meat bag over here needs another uh you know you could give us another one uh and so it's like i think that's their way of staying in practice and stuff yeah. um so yeah but the other cool crazy thing is uh the monitors because they're looking the opposite direction from the camera yeah. they're reverse yeah that's what i was thinking yeah so it's like when they go left they're, they're actually, actually going, going right. right yeah and when they go right they're actually going left um, and so they have all learned then also how to like perform in reverse. They have inverse control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I asked one of the, the puppet captain, I was like, at this point you could switch the monitors to where they are showing you the right thing. Yeah. Like if you like, there's settings in there where you can just horizontally flip it at yeah. this point if you wanted to. And I was like, have, has anybody ever done that? Like, do you guys do that? And he was like, no, he's like, a like, 
it is reverse, but then like it's not like it it would not be actually accurate. Accurate. Yeah. It's not what is actually yeah. gonna be shown to you know, exactly. Yeah. You know, and any editor knows what I'm talking about. If you flip something all of a sudden it's like, you know, their right eye is now their left eye and it mm-hmm. just looks weird. Um but uh I also think part of it is like that's how all the people have done it and yeah. it'd be too hard for the old guys to yeah. relearn it than to have all the new people, you know, yeah. have to learn the old ways. Yeah, of and it's 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 such a minor thing that probably be like yeah. not that yeah. big. And of it's a probably somewhat of a badge of honor, yeah. you know, learning how to do that. Yeah. Um so that was a that was definitely the crazy and then the other thing would just be that, I mean, they would be on a little six foot table and there'd be eight of them crammed down underneath it, you know? And so it's like, they are all so close. Yeah. And like, you think about like acting already being a role where you have to get pretty intimate with your co-stars, man, being a puppeteer, yeah, you yeah. are all up inside <laughs> each other. And, and I mean, as far as like, even just the fact that like, it's hard work holding your arm up. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm sure they're starting to sweat back there and I'm like the smells, you know, I'm like, you're like, and you're, if you're the person behind them and you have, you're doing an arm for them, it's like your, your head's right in their armpit. You know, so, you know, one thing they didn't talk about, but like all my puppeteers have chronic farts. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just that was the part we had to be roll, hold, hold the sound, hold for sound. Oh my God. The muppets are like dying. (laughs) Uh, exactly uh so that was that was like a part that i was like you know you got to be good friends with these people because you are like all here near each other um and especially like they all crawled inside that tinker cart and that's where the elephant was yeah and so there's like three of them all inside this little hollowed out tinker cart um so it's just that's funny uh did they ever talk about like how they come up with the voices for the Muppets? Like, did they look at them and kind of yeah, come I don't, up with no, I didn't ever ask them. I should have. That's a good question. I should have asked them that. Yeah. Um, I know that they take the puppets home and like rehearse with them mm-hmm. and kind of like practice with them and like work on the voice. So I guess that's kind of when they do it. That's what the director said that they'll take them all home and kind of like get used to like yeah, almost like develop like all those subtleties and idiosyncrasies that yeah. they want for their puppet. Yeah, because I just noticed when you look at like. I'm always using Muppets, but uh, the Muppets, you know, like you have Beaker, you look at him, it's like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what he would sound like. Yeah. Even, you know, the other professor or uh, Monster, when you look at him, I mean, even to an extent, like when you see Miss Piggy, of course she would sound like, oh, you know? Uh, So I just wonder if like they create these characters simply by just creating the look and feel. Yeah, and maybe. Like. And I'm sure they take some direction from the director yeah. and the showrunner. Um, and always something I just thought of. Um, so I didn't know this, but Jim Henson's wife actually worked with him at the Henson factory or the Henson uh, workshop. Henson workshop. She Muppet. was a Muppet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, so she worked with him and they ended up getting a divorce. But uh, if he was Kermit, and then he goes and designs a pig to be Kermit's love interest. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> I'm just, it's just, yeah. you know, I'm, I mean, I, I doubt that there was any drama there, but it's just kind of funny to think about the. <laughs> You're the really annoying pig yeah. that follows me who, around who everywhere I go. Obsessed with money, kind of abusive. <laughs> yeah. But, Definitely yeah. verbally abusive. Yeah, yeah, verbally. Yeah, yeah. Physically, yeah. I mean, she. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. Thing, so. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets divorced from her. Uh, but anyways, I that that is me just ranting. So yeah. any of the puppet puppeteers that may be well, listening who know more than I do. When you're a puppet master, 
You can't control everything. That's right. Puppet captain. <laughs> puppet I kept calling him a puppet master, and at one point he corrected me, and he's like, a puppet, I'm just a captain, a puppet captain. And I was like, oh, well, do you want to be a puppet master? Do you want to be a puppet general? <laughs> <laughs> Admiral, maybe? Who do we talk to to get the president puppet? That's all I want to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> puppet president. Puppet president. Yeah, uh, exactly. Have... You got my vote, buddy. Uh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, he. I kept trying to make jokes with him, and he didn't really think it was very funny. Uh, Once again, it's, uh, they probably, like magicians, magicians, you know, it's such a thing that like so many people probably made fun of when they were right. growing up. That's like take it seriously. Well, that's what uh, Ross stopped by at one point, and we had lunch together. And I was like, I was like, what's crazy is these are definitely the kids who were like hardcore into puppets in high school, mm-hmm. and everybody thought they were weird. Yeah. And then they get really good at it, and then after high school, they go work for the Muppets, yeah. and they go work for Geico commercials, and yeah. they go work on Mystery Science Theater, and all of a sudden, the thing that they were really dorky about becomes really cool. <laughs> And I mean, and it's like, it really was like watching them. It was like, that is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Like that is really cool what you guys know how to do. That's a lesson for all you kids out there. The thing you're passionate and get made fun of, stick to it. I mean, that's just a life lesson in everything. Computers used to be nerdy. Right. Yeah. Playing video games used to be nerdy until ninjas start getting paid $30 $30 million, million, $30 million dollars yeah, for play. six months of work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, mom and dad. Yeah, come on. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, so that was pretty fascinating. Oh, I like that. Well, uh, we should probably wrap up here, um, but definitely interesting thoughts. Um, if you could make, I mean, your grandmother, it was your grandma or your grandpa? My grandma. Yeah, your grandma was obsessed with puppets for some reason. Well, so yeah, she made puppets. She built puppets for, not as fancy as the ones that we had on the show, but still pretty nice looking puppets. She made puppets for um, missionaries to do like Bible lesson puppet shows Mm -hmm. um, that like you could do with like children's. Yeah, and definitely like the Christian puppet show stuff was like phasing out when I was a kid. I remember that like, that's what we're kind of. If you, any of you older people, can kind of remember what those puppets look like. Yeah, that's what a they were. little halfway human. Yeah, but halfway, still definitely puppets. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, she she built them, and when she died, my uncle gave me all of the puppets that she had left in yeah. storage. So we have like three boxes of puppets. Yeah. So definitely to you, the question you're about to ask, what puppet show would I make if mm-hmm. I was going to make one? That definitely after I left, I was like, man, I have so many ideas, like. Because after seeing the potential of what puppets can do, yeah, it's almost like being able to animate or make a CGI character. It's like the original CGI character, yeah. a puppet, which is what it was. I mean, Yoda was yeah. puppeteered by Frank Oz. Yeah, um, Even Baby Yoda is a puppeteered. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, there's all these ideas that I was like, man, because I started asking them uh, for people here in Georgia, like there's the Atlanta, the Center for puppetry arts that's in Atlanta Mm -hmm. and they do 50 plays a year or 60 plays a year. Um, and some of them are like adult, like at like adult, not adult themes, like rated R type things, but like adult, like puppets getting divorced or puppets having a miscarriage or puppets, you know, or whatever, (laughs) you know, like more like intense stuff than just like, you know, puppets with race issues, you know, it's like more like, uh, bigger themes than like a children's show. And, um, and so then, because I, I was curious, I was like, "There's you could make a short film about puppets falling in love, or yeah. you could, I mean, there's all this stuff that you could do that kids who grew up watching cartoons now want to watch 
cartoons for adults yeah you know and now in the same way it's like we all grew up watching sesame street or the muppets and you could make stuff for adults using puppets and like yeah. what you're talking about what muppets abc show was trying to do probably but the budget's too big it's like how could you do that on a smaller budget yeah um and really it's like there's so many so many options for yeah. sure yeah yeah i mean a lot of like stop motion is like kind of that halfway there yeah. You know, stop motion is in a form kind of like Muppets. Yeah. Just, but it's just, but stop animation, stop motion just takes so much yeah. more time. Yeah. I mean, to be able to burn through a, you know, two minute script in an hour yeah. is amazing. Yeah. You know, even, even with real actors, that's yeah. amazing. You know, yeah. like with like, not with human stars instead of puppets, you know, it's like, that's a lot of work. And so, uh, that was probably the most enlightening thing to me. I was like, man, you could do so much. Yeah with puppets uh, and knowing that all these puppeteers don't have work most of the year. Yeah. It's like you have these super talented people who are working on the actual Muppets and yeah. Sesame uh, Street who then are free on February yeah. half the month and are available, you know? And that's their, like, truly their passion. Yeah. You know, that's what they want Yeah, to and do they don't want to probably always be making kids stuff. Yeah. I mean, I didn't ask that question because we we're on a kid's show. But I bet if they had the opportunity to do something a little bit more interesting, they yeah. totally would. Yeah be great or at least some variety yeah well uh i i like all that i hope everyone uh is able to digest uh the information uh but uh definitely interesting getting a little peek behind the curtain there yeah like you just don't ever think about that but muppets i mean i grew up watching all yeah like, me the too muppets i watched movies. all of them i mean muppets christmas carol is like it's still the one movie. of the best yeah yeah and so yeah, that's the that's the christmas carol i would yeah, to yeah. watch and that's a good example of like a more adult yeah. like like those type of movies which jim henson's son uh did um and so yeah i mean i would if they had like a les miserables muppet you know like yeah just like a harry potter muppet yeah or lord of the rings well and people who have seen dark crystal is kind of like that some people who have seen this show or broadway show um uh, Avenue Q mm -hmm. is a, definitely like a play, a Broadway play for adults using puppets. Yeah. Um, and I think a show like that, that kind of is in that same vein of it, like what Avenue Q did by making an adult Broadway play with using puppets. It's like there's opportunities to make an adult yeah. show using yeah. puppets. And obviously it's still going to be puppets. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't ever get away from that, but yeah. it's like there's definitely elements to where you could still, you know, have, you know, could you have like the, you know, the, the two like post-college roommate guys and it's like, you know, them in the workforce doing the job, doing the grind, you know, like, yeah. you know, almost that kind of like IT crowd or, or, you know, the, um, workaholics or yeah. not maybe workaholics in that kind yeah. of content, but you know, that kind of thing of like that classic. Yeah. It could be like essentially a BoJack Horseman where BoJack Horseman, the cartoon, you know, humans and creatures were like both in this world evolved and it was like a normal thing yeah. and it's a very there's very serious moments in it but it's also funny you know yeah you could totally have it where it's like it never addressed right you know it's just that's just how the world right is. and that's how avenue q yeah. is yeah it's like the adults and humans live on the same area because that's just how the world is yeah in the same way that sesame street is like that's how the world is yeah you know it's just understood yeah or you could go the crank inkers route where everybody's puppets yeah. and all the whole world looks like puppets but it's about it's real people living yeah. life. You know, you yeah. have, you have the bored person at the bus terminal or yeah. at the subway terminal and you have the people who are going to work and are stressed and, you know, yeah. so there's definitely some cool stuff you could do. 
Um, so anyways, it was yeah. fun. Yeah, I like it. Well, I'm excited to do something with those puppets, yeah. and we'll keep you all updated as we progress. Anyways, wash your hands, wear a mask, and uh, vote Trump out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. This has been a Studio Red production. For more, go to studioredmedia.com.